Welcome back to Colombo and Katie on 101.9941 News Talk STL. I am Katie Fitzpatrick. I am hosting Colombo and Katie today. I'm riding solo because my counterpart, Tony Colombo, is off. He is having a family day. Maggie, his middle daughter, is an amazing gymnast. She had a meet today. She did a very, very awesome job. Tony will be on with us next at 325 to talk about his day and how well Maggie did. And uh, we can't wait to catch up with him, see how his day is going. But right now, we have the amazing Zach Smith, legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation and the co-host of the podcast SCOTUS 101. Now, everybody that listens to News Talk STL knows that Zach Smith goes on with Tim and Chris on Wednesdays. It used to be Fridays, but now it is Wednesdays. And I have the pleasure of speaking with Zach for the first time on the air, not off the air. And I am so thrilled to have him. Thank you, Zach, for being on Colombo and Katie this Friday. Well, of course. Thank you for having me on, Katie. It's always great to talk with you. And I'm very excited to be with you on the air today. I have a million things. I know that Chris and Tim always say this to you, too. But I truly have a million things to talk to you about because <laughs> Trump and and the legal system and his lawyers and the things, all there are so many cases happening with Trump. And then there are other things that I hope we can get to that involve SCOTUS. But I really want to start with Trump and talk to you about some of the things that are happening with him legally. ABC News just reported yesterday that former President Donald Trump urged a Florida judge to dismiss the criminal case charging him with illegally retaining classified documents, claiming in part that the presidential immunity protects him from prosecution, even as that sweeping argument has has had so much, um, you know, speculation and things happening right now in the news. And I wanted to see where we are right now with that presidential immunity case and where Trump is at and what's unfolding with the latest happening in that presidential immunity case. No, it's a great question, Katie. And certainly all things legal related to Donald Trump uh, could be a full time job these yes. days because there's so much happening on so many different fronts. But your question about the presidential immunity, how broad of a scope does that immunity cover? Keep in mind, Donald Trump is currently uh, a defendant in two separate federal prosecutions being brought by Jack Smith. One relates to his retention of documents that were marked classified at Mar-a-Lago. That's the Florida case that you mentioned. And then there's also the case in Washington, D.C. related to January 6th, his conduct in the wake of the election, all of those sorts of issues. And that's the case where this presidential immunity uh claim has most recently been raised and litigated by Donald Trump. Now, this was rejected by Judge Tanya Chutkin, uh, the district court judge, the trial court judge in Washington, D.C. He went to the D.C. Court of Appeals, the appellate court that oversees the district court there in D.C., uh, and they just recently rejected that argument as well. Now, keep in mind, Jack Smith had asked the Supreme Court to step in earlier to resolve this issue on an expedited basis. They declined to do so, uh, said they were going to let things follow the normal process. And so now the Supreme Court is being asked to step back in and resolve this issue. And there's some issues away around the way the D.C. Court of Appeals uh, set up the timeliness of this mm. claim. They deviated from normal practice in some respects, which is its own issues. But what's interesting is that if Donald Trump raises essentially these same claims in Florida before the trial court judge there, Eileen Cannon, uh, she wouldn't necessarily have to follow the D.C. Court of Appeals ruling because she uh, 
uh, answers to a separate appellate court, essentially, the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, so this could be a very interesting legal battle that's developing. But of course, all of these kind of legal issues being wrangled in the lower federal courts could be resolved if the Supreme Court agrees to take up that issue uh, in the case coming out of the D.C. Circuit. Zach, there are so many things. Um, I am not a legal expert, as you could tell. And there are so many things specifically surrounding this case that seem new to me, one of them being the words presidential immunity. Do you mind telling the audience who I'm sure already know this, but do you mind telling the audience what is presidential immunity and why is it such a significant part of this case right now? Yeah, presidential immunity, this is a concept that's gone back for many, many years in our case law and our system of government. And it's essentially the idea that the president cannot be sued or held liable for actions he takes while in office. And part of the reason this doctrine of presidential immunity developed is because you want a president to be able to freely make decisions, often, you know, sometimes very uh, serious, consequential decisions on short notice with less than full information. And you want a president to be able to make those decisions without constantly having to look over his or her shoulder, worrying about whether they're going to be held either civilly or criminally liable for those decisions down the road. Now, what's interesting about this case in particular is Donald Trump is saying that his actions, particularly in the D.C. case and everything related in the aftermath of uh, January 6th and the aftermath of the 2020 election, he's saying that those decisions fall within the outer perimeters of this presidential immunity. Hmm. And so no one is denying that the concept, this idea that a president should be immune from prosecution for official actions in office, no one's denying that that type of immunity exists. Really, what is being debated is the scope of that immunity, how broadly should it apply, and whether or not Donald Trump's conduct falls within that broad reading of presidential immunity. Okay, perfect. That makes that is so much more clear than something that I've read about, Zach. So thank you so much for that. It, continuing with this article at ABC News, it says Trump's lawyers argued that Attorney General Merrick Garland's appointment of special counsel Jack Smith to investigate the former president was unlawful and grounds for dismissing the document's case. What does he what does Trump's lawyers what do they mean by special counsel Smith it was unlawful to appoint him. Yeah, I've seen those same news stories. Uh, Katie, I haven't read the legal filing mm-hmm. itself, but you know, there's a lot of controversy around these special counsels that right. have been appointed and seem to be proliferating by the day. And all of this actually goes back to a, a prior statute, the independent counsel statute. You may remember Ken Starr and the Whitewater investigation yes. of Bill Clinton. There was actually a separate office that was not appointed by the attorney general, it was appointed by a panel of D.C. Circuit uh, judges that was supposed to be quasi-autonomous from the Justice Department, from oversight by the executive branch. And there is very real constitutional concerns whether or not uh, the appointment of an independent counsel who truly was independent from the executive branch exercising prosecutorial authority would violate our separation of powers under the Constitution. And so Congress let that independent counsel statute lapse, fade away, and in its place has put the special counsel provisions. Now, the special counsels are nominally answerable 
to the attorney general and ultimately to the president. But they're given very wide latitude. They're supposed to once again be quasi autonomous. You know, and there's certainly uh, traditionally been a stigma, rightly or wrongly, against interfering in their investigations. But I suspect those separation of powers concerns are certainly at the forefront of the minds of Donald Trump's lawyers. Mm -hmm. There may be also issues with the particular way these special counsels were appointed under the existing uh, statutes and rules and regulations. And so there certainly is a lot of debate to be had around these special counsels and their appointments and their powers. Uh, But they have have been controversial and remain controversial uh, to this day. We are speaking with Zach Smith. He is a legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation and the co-host of the podcast SCOTUS 101. Zach, I want to talk to you about Letitia James. There's another ABC article that came out today saying she's prepared to seize Trump's buildings if he can't pay up the $354 million in the civil fraud fine. It says four days after a judge ordered former President Donald Trump to pay the $354 million in his civil fraud case, Letitia James told ABC News that she is prepared prepared to seize the former president's assets if he is unable to find the cash to cover the fine. Can you explain that update that Letitia James says and why is that so critical? If critical at all. Yeah, I have a lot Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about Letitia James and the yes. Attorney General's conduct in this civil case. None good. Yes, same. <laughs> you know, I'll get the bottom line <laughs> up front here. Uh, but look, you know, it's kind of a bizarre statement uh, in some ways, Katie, because Donald Trump certainly has a right to appeal uh, his, this, you know, very uh, atrocious verdict against him, uh, to be honest. This record setting $355 million uh, judgment that this Democratic judge in New York entered against him. And if he pays that amount into the court registry, if he posts an appeal bond, essentially Letitia James will be prohibited from moving forward and levying against his property. Really, the only time someone talks about seizing someone's property, putting it up for auction, is if they can't pay or if they refuse to pay. And there's been no indication that Donald Trump has done either of those things so far. And so I heard another commentator make this comparison. I think it's an apt one. This is kind of like having a prosecutor uh, come out while someone is on uh, a bail pending trial or while they're on release pending appeal afterwards and essentially saying that they're going to send the U.S. Marshals after them if they jump bail, you know, mm-hmm. Hunt them down when the whole time everybody knows exactly where that person is. So unfortunately, I think this is just continued political posturing uh, by Letitia James in this case. When we talk about Trump and appealing, maybe something like this, appealing this case, maybe appealing the E. Jean Carroll case, which is, I know, a whole different subject. But is there do, do you believe in your expertise that Trump will appeal these things and win? Well, he's certainly going to appeal them, whether he'll win. You know, I don't know. I've right. been joking for a while now that my crystal ball is broken. <laughs> all of the craziness uh, that's been happening. Uh, here's what I will say. You know, this case in particular in New York, it's being brought in New York State Court. It's going to go up through the New York uh, State Court appellate process. Uh, New York's uh, the equivalent of their Supreme, state Supreme Court is called the Court of Appeals. Each 
member of that Court of Appeals has been appointed by a Democratic governor, either Kathy Hochul or Andrew Cuomo. Uh, it tends to be a very left of center bench, uh, legally speaking. And so I'd certainly say the outlook doesn't look good uh, mm. for him mm. raising some of these claims before that court. Now, ultimately, he could ask the U.S. Supreme Court to step in and review this case. He would have to raise some issue a federal constitutional law in order to be able to do that because the New York, the equivalent of the state Supreme Court will be the final word on New York state law, uh, but the U.S. Supreme Court could review potential constitutional issues, uh, that sort of thing, uh, but that would be a long time, uh, a long way down the road, I suspect, in this process. And even then, there may be some hesitation for the Supreme Court to take up that type of claim, although they might. Uh, but certainly, uh, you know, there are many courts around the country, particularly the U.S. Supreme Court, <laughs> that are hearing many cases involving uh, Donald Trump mm-hmm. right now. Yes. And then we're speaking with Zach Smith, legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation. And I know that Heritage does not do politics. They just do policy. But I do have a question <laughs> for you when it comes to this legal outlook. What are the political ramifications that something like this, these cases that Trump is going through, what are those ramifications that can happen in in a year like this where it's 2024 and he is trying to be the next president of the United States? Does, Does this have an enormous weight to it? Well, I feel like you must've heard me use my, uh, policy, not politics phrase a few times before. <laughs> I, I know I think uh, it's a delicate line that we're walking, but policy <laughs> is what the Heritage Foundation does. So I do I don't know if when when we look at something like this, and granted I know he is obviously running to be the next president of the United States. Right. But but does the I mean what does this weigh whenever you have all these cases yeah. and you are trying to be the next president? Do these cases take him away from the campaign trail? Well, certainly, you know, just from a pragmatic, uh, you know, look at these cases, certainly they're very time consuming. Uh, Alvin Bragg, the rogue district attorney in Manhattan, who is bringing the hush money uh, prosecution against Donald Trump there in New York state court once again. Uh, the judge in that case has set that trial to move forward at the end of March, right around the time of many important primaries, right around the time when Donald Trump, you know, would like, I suspect, to be out on the campaign trail. And so certainly from a pragmatic matter, that is a, you know, it's a major uh, suck of time and money and resources uh, to litigate uh, all of these issues. You know, so far, though, each time one of these prosecutions has been brought, each time one of these judgments has been issued against Donald Trump, uh, the polling seems to have gone up for him. Uh, He seems to be getting favorable results because I think, you know, I can only guess, but I suspect many people are troubled by the political nature of these prosecutions and these Mm -hmm. civil cases against him. And so it'll be interesting to see whether that same type of phenomena holds true as we transition from a primary election uh, season into the general election season in the lead up before the the, presidential election this coming November. Thank you so much, Zach, for joining me this afternoon. It is always a pleasure to speak with you, and it's always a pleasure to hear you on the Tim Jones and Chris Sarp Show. Every single Wednesday, you are such a rock star, and you make people like me feel so good because <laughs> sometimes I look at the, the legal stuff, sometimes I look at the justice system, and it can be very wonky for me. It can be a little bit over my head. So for someone like you to be able to break this down, for someone like me, I greatly appreciate your time and your expertise. No doubt about it. And thank you for being such a, such a good friend to News Talk STL. We love you, Zach. 
Well, I really appreciate that, Katie. Congratulations again on being on the air. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and look forward to, to staying in touch. Thank you, Zach. You have a good one. Next, we are going to be speaking with Tony Colombo. He is, of course part of Colombo and Katie. He is the secret sauce that makes Colombo and Katie lit every single day. <laughs> if you listen to us, he is going to be joining us next. He took the day off, but there Tony really never takes the day off. So, do not go anywhere. You are listening to Colombo and Katie on 1019941 News Talk STL. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. You're listening to Columbo and Katie. So usually, every Friday, we play Perry Woods music. And I love Perry. He is Tony's best friend. He is a good friend of mine. We are all bandmates. But I... I I picked some special music out today because I had the opportunity to do so and I was selfish in doing it, but I had to play some Perry Woods because Tony Colombo is on the line with us, even though today is his day off. It's never a day off for Tony. He is on the line with us right now and Tony, it is Perry Woods Friday, so I did have to throw in one Perry Woods song to keep the tradition going and to to keep our Fridays alive. I like that you felt the need to uh, explain yourself and admit to. <laughs> I did. I had to explain Look, myself. Yeah, yeah, that means the guilt's getting to you. It is. On a Perry Woods Friday. Yeah, what a, a crazy day. Talk about killing two birds with one stone and like, like a weird two birds with one stone. Maggie had a gymnastics meet today in Chesterfield, so it was a local meet for once, thank goodness. And, you know, I never want to miss any of those. So, uh, took the day off to make sure that we could uh, be at, at the gym, so I could go to her gymnastics meet. And also, as I've been talking about all week, and I've been, you guys have heard me talking about it with Skip Weber for like a couple of months, been, um, uh, ready to get a new truck. Mm-hmm. So, killed two birds with one stone, took the day off, went and watched Maggie this morning who was awesome, silver medal on the beam and bronze uh, overall, third place overall, awesome uh, day for her at her gymnastics meet. And uh, now I am uh, about to get uh, a new truck. Yay, that is so great, Tony. And I'm so happy because Weber is such a great company. You talk about them all the time. And we love Skip. We have him on with us every single Wednesday. But it's just so nice to be getting a vehicle with a company and a person that you trust. I mean, that's yeah. the best. And it's a Friday and it's 65 degrees. Oh. Fe- a, a February Friday and you it's 65 degrees. Lucky it's beautiful SOB. outside. It's gorgeous. <laughs> and we are so proud of Maggie. Go, Maggie, go. She is such a yeah. cool she kicked butt today. She's yeah, and she's awesome. It so, was great. It was it was cool. So you are technically off today, but I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Today, today, did you spend any time having to make any compromises, whether that be with work or with Christine or with the kids? Did you spend any time today making any compromises? Did I compromise anything today? 
So she says, she's making a compromise right now. Yes, just sitting here ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I think we don't we make compromises about every minute of every day and some, at least uh, at some small level. I can't think of any big compromise I mm-hmm. made today, however. I didn't, yeah. Today was not a day filled full of, uh, of compromises, but I'm sure I can... I'm sure I could think of one if I had to. Sure. So we, but let's say we make a compromise. We feel like we make a compromise every single day. A mm-hmm. new study came out saying the average person makes three compromises every day, which is about 92 per month or over a thousand per year. And nodding her head like it sounds about right to her. Yes, yes. And Christine, these numbers appear to check out. (laughs) And I have to say, there this this study is primarily I don't know why, but it's really focused on people making more compromises, obviously, with human beings than they like other adults than they do with like animals, like cats and dogs and stuff like that, with like their household pets. But it got me thinking. What, like, this week, I mean, I can barely remember what I had for breakfast this morning, but <laughs> compromises have become such, especially when you have a family, it, it becomes mm-hmm. such an important part of keeping everyone together, keeping the glue, keeping everybody happy. And I wondered if today, I'm sure Christine has a list of compromises that she had to do today. I'm sure she did. But Christine's life has been compromised for 20 years. Ever since she met Tony, it's been compromised. It says 44% of people have ended romantic or platonic relationships over lack of compromises. That is a huge percentage of this world saying we could not come to an agreement, even if it's like you have your argument, I have my argument, and we can live with that, and we're not going to agree. 44% of people said they've ended relationships because they just cannot come to some kind of agreement. Does it have an, like, is there, like, an opinion uh, uh, stated or proved by this? Because I'm trying to decide if, like, because I'm not sure that compromise is a bad thing, and I, I don't know if they're saying, like, oh, people make... You know, all these compromises in their life, and that's why your life stinks. Or if it's like, no, we need a compromise. Like, I, 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 it's I don't neither. know that. It's that, neither yeah, a bad nor a good thing. thing to do that. They're yeah. not. They're I, not putting it in this study. They're not putting it. It's by one poll. They're not saying necessarily that compromises are a bad or a good thing. I think the study is just showing that you are not always get. You're doing compromises often, but mm-hmm. you're all. You're also not getting what you want as much as you might think. You know, like that, that's mm-hmm. also the study of the poll. But it's not highlighting if a compromise is a good or a bad thing. It's not yeah. saying, you know, you giving that push or that pull with whoever is going to be the make or the break or the highlight or the low light of the day. It's just, right. I think, putting into perspective. But I can't remember a compromise that I did even this morning, I mean, I can't, maybe I've just had a really good day because I'm sure throughout the week I've done plenty of compromises. But I, I mean, it's, it's kind of a crazy thing to ponder on, to think about how much you might have to give in, even if you don't want to, throughout the day. Right. 
Yeah, and and again, it's it, you know it, it really does come down to where your um, uh, where your line is or the type of compromise you're making. If you're compromising, if you're somebody that likes to, uh, you, you know, you you've spent your life partying with your friends right. five nights a week, and now you're married and you have kids, me, and you are. And you, yeah. <laughs> and now you go out, you know, like maybe one night a week on the weekends where you still, where there's still a part of you that wants to, you know, go out more often. Like you compromise to, for the sake of your family and your children and, you know, the, the right thing to do. That's, that's, uh, you know, a that positive. type of compromise is positive. Yeah. And, but if there's, you know, if you compromise your, your morals yeah, in values. some instance. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, then it can be a uh, a negative. So, uh, obviously. So, yeah, I think it really does depend. I think that one, that is so, like, ev- like every case is different. Different, yeah. Like, you can't, you can't, you can't have a, like, a, a broad, uh, overarching message when it comes to to compromises. Everyone is everyone is is different and so unique. This is another funny one. We got about two minutes left, but I really wanted to sure. see what what is one thing that's that you should never do at work. Not like anything like getting wasted or anything like that, but like what's one subtle thing that you should not be doing at work that you should never do at work? Sleep. <laughs> that's a good one that's a fantastic one you should not be sleeping at work there are three primary things that this article according to hr professionals point out that you should not be doing at work that are easy to to actually not do but people just do them anyway number okay. one don't overshare it's easy to get comfortable with your coworkers when you're around them yeah, but do yeah. not overshare Number Uh two, don't be humble. Successful people tend to be very direct about their accomplishments. Don't put your humility on the back burner. Number three, don't stick around too long for parties. Do you think, do you, do you think all these are correct? Um, I I definitely agree with one and three. Number two, I mean, it, I, I understand what they're saying. Like, don't sell yourself short and make sure that you, you know, or your own advocate and, uh, you know, don't be afraid to, to let people know about your accomplishments or make sure people know, you know, the work that you're getting done. But there's also, there's also some humbleness that is is very good. And, you know, especially if you're, especially if you're a, a supervisor or a manager of some sort, like having some humbleness can and you know can make you a much better leader totally uh, i think so yeah so number two number two is, has a little bit of discussion as far as i'm concerned but uh one in three i'm 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 in agreement with well you know what tony when you're back here monday those are the three things keep in the back of your head never do these you things at it. work whenever we see you on monday don't do them yeah and then and i'll compromise uh all the time everything yes yeah. sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tony, have a great weekend. Enjoy your day off, and I hope yeah. you have get some sunshine this weekend. 
You guys as well. Have a great weekend. All righty. Bye, Tony. Thank you guys for listening and for watching us on our live stream. You can catch us every single day, Columbo and Katie, starting at 2 o'clock. Watch us on our live streams, Facebook, Twitter, Rumble, all the good things. Stick around. Larry Connors is coming up. So is Tim and Chris. So is Rob Carter. You don't want to miss any of our content. It's live and local, number one, live and local for conservative talk. You've been listening to Columbo and Katie on 101.9 941 News Talk STL.